ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio, right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network, where I, your host, Ted, along with my co-hosts, the new mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, the Brazilian giant, Venetius, the temptress witch, Ivy, and the senior ref, ref, Amy Veronica, talk everything pro wrestling. It's the indies, the pros, everywhere you go. Let's jump right into Rewind Wrestling Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rewind Wrestling Radio here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I am Ted, your host, and I have my usual panel with me, but we have a special guest with us this evening. He is NWA Hall of Famer Nikita Koloff, and he is jumping in with us here on the Rewind Pod. And uh, Mr. Koloff, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate having you, sir. It's actually quite an honor to be with such a distinguished panel here tonight. I feel (laughs) privileged. Uh, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate you. Uh, you know, it's a blessing to have you. It really is. Uh, but before we, we jump in too far into business here, I want to update our listening audience. And our listening audience really came through for us uh, a week ago. Tonight, we're filming on Thursdays as usual. And, um, you know, a week ago tonight, we, we had our live show. We did our Royal Rumble prediction show. We had uh, a bunch of CCW stars on, a bunch of ACPW stars on. And uh, we had Kevin Key from the Philly Fan Sports Pod and, and Jolton Joe. And guys, we just have to say thank you so much to our, to our extended Rewind family and to all of our listeners because you guys really came through for Little Bryce. For those of you that may not have been listening last week, uh, Little Bryce Norton is a, a two-year-old and he is a warrior. He is battling leukemia. And uh, last week, as we, that's right, Raph Amy is repping this shirt. We, uh, we all had this shirt except for Nellio last week. But Nellio, you got your shirt, right? I found it, yeah. Yeah, you found it? Yeah, hey. So we all got the shirt. But, uh, but guys, please continue to go help these guys out because, uh, you know, Mitch and the family, they still need all the help they can get. Please go support their GoFundMe. The link is in our link tree, and it's also in the description for the YouTube uh, video and for the podcast. Go help them out. Um, you know, get, get them what you can. Every little bit and, helps. And uh, we had about $900 uh, during the show. Right. Uh, and then after the show, I think it was another five or $600 so far. So, you know, awesome. uh, $1,600 helping, you know, a, a, a young child with leukemia is great, but, mm-hmm. you know, could use a lot more. So keep uh, doing what you can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, thank you to everyone that showed that love and support. And uh, guys, remember, you, can, you don't have to just use the GoFundMe. You can get the shirts like, uh, like Amy has on. And uh, they also have a drawstring bag you can get. If you want to order any of that, you just message Mitch Norton. And that's at Norton underscore graphics uh, on Instagram. And you can reach out to him and you can order that stuff. Um, they're going to be doing a bulk order a little bit later this month. I just talked to Mitch uh, a little bit earlier today. So please make sure you go out and support that family because they are in need of it. And, uh, and little Bryce is a saint. He was awesome. He was on the show with us last week. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to go check him out, go check him out because he's, he's a warrior. He's awesome. All right, guys. So uh, I'm going to skip all the cheap plugs tonight. That was not a cheap plug. That's a no cheap plugs. Plug. We have a huge guest tonight. Let's get right to it. I've let's been excited all week. I've been going nuts all week. That's so right. finally, Ted, let's get to it. This is awesome. I'm so excited to have NWA Hall of Famer, multi-time tag champion, television champion, United States champion. I mean, you name it, he's done it in this business. One of the most uh, protected top heels of all time. One of the best <laughs> bodies of all time. Um, the sure. eyes, the, the everything. Just tell him, Ted, who is it? Oh, man. Uh, we have Nikita Koloff, the Russian nightmare. My God. It's fantastic to have you here, sir. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, and, and again, thank you. Uh, and thank you to all the panel. Just a pleasure to join you guys. And, and hey, please let, uh, I was listening to your, uh, your update on, on little Bryce. He does sound like a warrior. And please uh, do me a favor, let that family know that uh, I've got a whole entire prayer team. And just, just let that family know that we'll be lifting, lifting Bryce up in prayer. Thank you so much. We, awesome. I certainly will. I certainly will. And uh, in fact, I will, when I, when I take my break to, to edit this tonight, I'll make sure I message Mitch and let him know that, that you send your wishes for him and that you're, you're having everyone pray for him. And that's, you know, uh, most of, most of our listeners don't, you know, we don't, we, we try not to give too much away about our, our, ourselves necessarily on the show all the time. But um, something that my, that the listeners may not be familiar with about me is that um, 
is that I, I too am a Christian. And I know it's a big part of, of where you are with what you're doing with your life right now, sir. And I'm super excited to talk to you about that as well as about, um, as well as about, you know, what we're, what we're used to talking about on the show, which is um, professional wrestling. And uh, sure. I just want to say thank you so much because having, having someone like you on our show is a true blessing. And, and I said to, to Nelio a little bit earlier today, a year ago, I never would have thought that I would, I would have an opportunity to speak with someone of your caliber. So I'm super excited to have you here. Um, well, let me just interject and say, you know, a year ago, I don't know that I ever even did a podcast, let alone my own podcast. So we're, we're, we're all in this together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that, that's, that's a great, uh, a great transition point there. Tell us a little bit, cause you do have your own podcast that people can find pretty much anywhere they can get a podcast. Tell us a little bit about your show. Well, and again, it wasn't something I was looking for, but about, I don't know, nine months ago, the CEO of Truth Radio Network, they're, they're in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Stu Epperson, reached out a random call. I'd met him a few times, kind of kind of knew each other, but he just said, hey, we need to talk. He drove down an hour and spent three hours at my house and said, you need a weekly radio show and you need a podcast. I'm like, all right. I, you know, I, I hadn't really <laughs> thought about it. And uh, honestly, it wasn't something I was really – looking for, like, like many things in my life that we can certainly cover tonight. But, um, you know, and I, I just, I prayed into it and I, I thought to myself, uh, you know, how can I reach more people? How can I influence or impact more people in a positive way? And then it just kind of hit me. Well, hello. I mean, technology, podcasting, radio show. And so we, we launched It's Time to Man Up uh, September of last year. And on all the major platforms, and you know, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, and I think most of the other the other different platforms on the Truth Radio app. And and in a short period of time, come to find out, uh, as of just uh, about a week or so ago, it's already been downloaded into 30 different countries, and and it's just uh, growing by, by leaps and bounds. So we're thrilled. And, and the format of it is a little unique, and I think in that. I have a variety of people on there. So I have everything from celebrities. Like I had, I did a two part interview with Sting, uh, Lex Luger, Jackson Riker, who's on Monday night raw. Great interview with him. But I also have, like I did some interviews today with uh, two men in the marketplace, business guys who have, you know, they're just out there grinding it in the marketplace. And of course that people in ministry. So quite a variety and all the stories um, are, are, I think really are inspirational and or motivational. The last little piece of that, that I launched just, I, I added on to that was questions and answers with Koloff. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, what I'm doing is I'm taking questions from fans or those who follow me uh, on social media and other, other platforms and said, Hey, email me your questions. And if you're available, you'll get a personal call from me and we'll, and we'll have a, and we'll, I'll interview you. And we'll load it up on the podcast under Q&A for Koloff. That's, that's so cool. And in fact, I think earlier today, I was able to catch up with the, with the, the latest one of those that's on Apple because you, I think you had one with a, with a guy from up in Canada, right? You, that, was, uh, that was the most recent one that I think I saw there. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Soper. Uh, a neat story there. I did a 21-day tour in 21 days across Canada uh, just, just a few years ago. And four provinces, 5,500 miles in 21 days, uh, all driving, by the way. Uh, but it was. Uh, You're a wrestler, it. of course. Of course, it was driving, brother. What are you talking about? It could have been any other way. <laughs> well, so, some are used to flying, but uh, it was amazing. And that's where I met Dwayne and his beautiful family. And, and, uh, and we, had a, we had an incredible, I, yeah, I won't give it away. Uh, uh, we had an incredible, incredible conversation that brought really a lot of, of healing to Dwayne. That's something that he had bottled up for 26 years. Uh, I'll just leave people on, on the hook to go, go find out what we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And they should, because it was a, it was a really eye-opening episode. It was, it was, uh, it was very interesting to listen to. And, and I, I think there's, to there, there are on. so <laughs> many, um, there's so many great points that you make throughout the podcast. Um, uh, and it's crazy because obviously, you know, I went into it thinking professional wrestling, professional wrestling, and there were so many kind of like things that you spoke about in regards to how, uh, you, know, you know, how a household should be run. 
And it's funny because I deal with those problems all the time. I have an 11 month old, uh, you know, my, me and my wife, you know, I, I run a few businesses. I'm out of the house a lot, you know, and I feel like sometimes it's me being, you know, a steward of my family, like to go out and to support my family. We have a beautiful home, a beautiful a pool, you know, successful businesses. And then sometimes I feel like sometimes society or sometimes, you know, uh, 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 things come into, into play that, that make it seem like, oh, you know, you should, you should share the responsibilities differently. And I found it so interesting to listen to some different ways, you know, uh, to discuss and communicate, you know, with my wife on that stuff. So it's a lot of about being a man, which I think is needed, you know, for young, young men right now. I think there's not a lot of uh, role models and opportunities to hear some things that just need to be said. You know, I think our society is a little bit afraid of, of, you know, of that right now. So I really, I, th I felt that was really what got to me, you know, on top of the you know, editing of the Lex Luger stories and, 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 and staying and, and all that good stuff as well. Well, and that's, yeah, I ended that point uh, just real quick to that point. That's my hope is that as people hear stories, not just people of celebrity status, but just real people, just Absolutely. real life. Yeah. Out there grinding it, you know, out in the marketplace, and men and women. Occasionally, uh, occasionally, I'll, I'll interview. Like I'm, I've got a, uh, I've got an interview coming up with Rachel Barbo, who who was a 17 year sportscaster, a groundbreaker on the sidelines of of, of sports uh, for for the females, and she had a tremendous 17 year career, and now she's launched that into a new direction, and. Um, but so there's such a variety of people that I believe as you listen to the stories, there's something as you're alluding to that is relatable, that should be relatable to a lot of people. So I appreciate that, that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and don't you feel, I mean, I think I, I feel from the podcast, there's a little bit of a message too, that, you know, we need more positive male role models. Like, I think it's, it's, it, we're kind of being told a lot of times, like everyone has a lot of positive female role models in society and stuff, but I feel like I, you know, there's not a lot of positive male role models, you know, and obviously the church, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the church and I still attend church, but um, I feel like there sometimes when we go away from that causes a lot of issues and stuff. So if you want to delve a little bit deeper, yours is the podcast to listen to because you can, mm -hmm. you can kind of like, like you said, you know, you can look within yourself uh, in these stories and stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's, let's talk, uh, I, I want to come back to this because I, I want to, I want you to be able to, uh, to talk about some of what you have coming up. So we're going to come, we're going to come back to this in a, in a few moments here. I'm going to jump into Eddie Sharkey. You trained with, was your trainer. <laughs> so look, I, I, I own a wrestling school, so I had to be, I have to ask this. I have to ask this, man. I've heard insane stories, a thousand squats, farming carries up and down stairs. Like how crazy that was, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if you were there with the Road Warriors, you were there with Rick Rude. I don't know what class, you know, you were there with. But please, like, just tell me how that was. It's, it sounds like an insane, completely different premise of training a professional wrestler today, right? Well, here, here, here's the actual story. So, well, let, let me just clear the air. Because I, I, to this day, I'm not sure why that's out there. So, uh -oh. this, this is going to blow your mind, I think. I'm I'm not sure how that got out there or what I, I don't know if if everyone just kind of or let like let me ask you a question let me ask you you a question like where where'd you hear that let me just start with that I need to ask that question so you're Where's, the so you're the Minnesota guy so everyone says he's okay. a Minnesota guy and then there's the stories of of rude and and uh, uh, um. The Road Warriors and, and all of them, and 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 Eddie Shark okay. was a guy. So I and I'd always heard that you were trained by Eddie Shark. I think it's on your profiles and stuff. But I'm I'm my mind is about to be blown because you're going to tell me something crazy. Tell me. <laughs> I am going to tell you something completely different because I, I kind of figure the ones who bring that question up um, assume because I come from Minnesota because I went to school with yep. Henning. You were there with Zink and and all the guys that I was automatically, you know, trained by, or, or Eddie's out there. Tell him that he did. That's it. That's it. You know, Eddie's wrestling out trainers. there taking credit for, <laughs> for training me, but here's the truth. Okay. Here's the truth. So I was, I graduated college. I was training for a pro football tryout. Um, I had, I had recruited actually animal out of Irondale high school, New Brighton, Minnesota football with me, college football. That's where we met. That's where we became the best friends. And 
He didn't finish school. And the next thing I heard, he got into professional wrestling. I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, I finished. Then I get a random call one day from him about getting into wrestling. And I'm like, well, what, what do you got in mind? What are you talking about? And so he, he told me the story of Don Cronodal, who was Ivan Koloff's partner, right? They were world tag team champions. Had approached him and asked him this question. Do you know any big guys who wouldn't mind shaving their head and becoming a Russian? I love it. <laughs> and, and Adam goes, I know the guy right now. So he calls me, tells me the story, the whole storyline. And I said, Joe, I go, do these guys know that I have no amateur wrestling background and I have no professional training? I've never been in a ring. And he goes, I told them. And I go, and they're good with that? He goes, so they said, Here, here's Jim Crockett's number. Wow. I called Jim Crockett. You know, there's no cell phones in those days. There's no snapping a picture and sending your, your pick over the wire. I called Jim Crockett. He gets on the phone. I have a five, literally a five-minute conversation with him. And I say, now, now, Mr. Crockett, before I load up my car and come to a town where I've never been, you understand no amateur background, no professional training, right? Yep. I go, okay. And you're good with that. Yep. I go, okay. I go, so, so what's next? He goes, well, be in my, my office on this day with your head shaved. I go, that's it. Wow. So, <laughs> I'll see you then. Now, I condense the story, and, and, and for those <laughs> – those who want more, there's a lot more ways to get it. You can get it on, in a book form online. Anyway, I no more conversations. Months later, I show up at his office the day he says to be there. I walk in. He takes a look. He walks out, comes in with two guys, the world tag champs, Ivan and Don, and Nikita Koloff's born in the hallways of Charlotte. Here's the rest of that story. We cut, a, we cut hours of interviews. Now, I'm from Russia, so I don't have to talk. That's good, right? That's the best, yeah. <laughs> Take your shirt off, stand there, look mean. And then we, he says, uh, check this out. He says, be in Raleigh, North Carolina tomorrow night, Dorton Arena, you're going to wrestle on television. Wow. <laughs> I've never been in a ring. I've never been on television, but I'm going to debut the next night. So that's the actual story. So no training. No background. I go to the ring in front of a sold-out crowd. Fortunately for me, I only had an 11-second match, and that was my debut. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have to take a bump for probably a, a eight months, right? You just probably squashed guys for a while and learned on the that, road. That, that, that is correct. One guy, two guys. I mean, I had handicap matches, just destroying guys. And Ivan would sit in my corner. I'd sit in their corner. Now, I did have on-the-job training. Let, let me clarify. I had on-the-job training for about two, three months. Ivan and Don and I would get to towns early. Right. They would thump all over the ring, teaching me the mechanics of wrestling. And then on the way home, we talk about the old-school psychology of wrestling, and, and that's how I cut my teeth in professional wrestling. No transfer, no camp, no back. I love it. But that's, that's what, awesome. you know, what you just that's said amazing. is missing. What you said is missing today. And uh, uh, there's a big problem in professional wrestling right now. In that, like, uh, guys will come and then they'll talk about their match for 25 minutes before the match. They don't, they don't work. And I think one of the problems is is they're not driving in the territory days from – and I, I didn't do this either, you know. But from town to town to town to town to, to, to dissect their matches for four and a half hours and decide how it's going to change in uh, Biloxi versus uh, uh, West uh, Tennessee, right? So those hours in the car are missing, I guess, from a young wrestler, you know – repertoire now so you probably that, in those a, three months a part, had a, a year of training you know that's a part of it I, I think a part two is for for your viewers your listeners that that the difference between the product today the way i see it and the product back then is is essentially we, we had creative control of our match in other words and there's many nights i mean i never talked to my opponent we were in opposite ends of the building we were just given an outcome right we were just given a a, a finish and, and, and then it was up to us to go to the ring and spontaneously tell a story, uh, you know, that story in the ring for it to make sense leading into the outcome. And so there was no script handed to us, whether it was an interview or a match or anything else. We, we just went in and perfected our craft and did what we did best. That's awesome. That's and so, on, on day one, I mean, you had that chiseled physique already. So you already were a, a body guy. You were in the gym every day. Was that because of playing football? Or you just, you know, from, from what age did you just wake up and hit the weights and squat and, and did what you did? Age 12. Love it. 
at, at 12 years of age, I, I, again, for those who don't know, you know, I, I had some very humble beginnings of what I affectionately call the projects of the ghettos of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So mm-hmm. not, not born in Moscow, sorry. Um, there's <laughs> uh, <laughs> somebody's bubble I know, but, but um, <laughs> and, and Minneapolis, taken out to the suburbs, uh, a suburb called Robbinsdale, which was his, now historical professional wrestlers. And I picked up an, uh, a magazine called Iron Man. It was a bodybuilding magazine. I was 12 years old. And I was, I was just enamored by the guys in the magazine. I went and bought a 110-pound plastic weight set from a place called Sears and Roebuck. And, and that, that, that launched my weightlifting career. And, and I said these words. Check this out. At age 12, I said, I said to myself and to some others, one day I'll look like one of those guys, the bodybuilders in the magazine. Fast forward 12 years, to your point, Charlotte, North Carolina, when I walked into that office, Crockett still had not seen me. We had only had a five-minute conversation. The day I walked into that office, I was 285 pounds, 8% body fat with a 34 place. Yeah. That's what Crockett saw the day I walked in. Wow. Wow. Crazy. I had become what I said I would 12 years earlier. Mm-hmm. That's so I didn't pay my dues in, in, in a training camp or in a territory, you know, for months or years. But as Ivan reiterated to me a number of times, uh, Nikki, you used to call me Nikki. Nikki, you, you, paid, you paid your dues in other ways on, on, on a football field and in the weight room. And so don't, don't let the fact that – don't let any, any, anyone else – don't let it bother you if others say things that, you know, derogatory. You're, you paid your dues. You, you deserve this. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean, it's a visual business. You know, you just you getting in the ring was more effective than most, most of the card. Just the, the actually seeing you lined up against an opponent, lined up against someone is, you know, part of it. But obviously, you know, you learned during the process, too, because you had some great matches. You had main event matches at Starcade and, and whatnot. So, you know, the process was still, you know, do's or not. The process, the finished product was wonderful. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. I had another – I'm going to just steal this whole interview, Ted. I'm sorry. This is, you're killing me. You're like, killing me. So, you know, in my, my life, you know, we have a lot of – we bring a lot of guys for seminars. We bring a lot of people that I've, I've met, a lot of people. But it's crazy that, you know, you were in the business until 92, right? And you just yeah. said – and you just and, – and, and you, 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 you decided that was it. And you, were, you still had a lot left in the tank. And it seems crazy to me because I have guys who are in their – and I was joking earlier, I'm sure you really do have multiple runs left, but I mean, I have guys calling me all the time who are in their late fifties who are like, Hey, I still want, I'm still going to do it forever. But you, you had a moment where you decided I'm okay with this, even though you left a lot of money on the table. Um, was there any particular reason, you know, injuries obviously, but was there anything that you decided not to take some time off and come back? Or was it just a final decision for you? It's a great question. Let's go back to 12 years of age. Let me, let me revert back to a, being a 12-year-old kid. Uh, I, I got, so I, I was enamored by, by weightlifting, bodybuilding, and then, and then football. And I just fell in love with pro football and, and got a vision for myself. And I thought, one day I'm going to do that. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. But what always bugged me was athletes who hung around too long when, when, and tried to go play and wear another uniform. And I thought, what, why? You know, I, I – Hey, Joe, Joe Montana, you look great in a, in a 49er uniform. I, I didn't like you in a, in a Kansas Chiefs, yeah. uniform. I mean, I, I just, right? Exactly. I just, it's, it's weird. Number 19. Weird. He's wearing 19. Yeah, right? You didn't look right in a Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks uniform. Anyway, so I said, like, for real, I said, when I make it, and then, of course, in those early days, you know, I thought it'd be football. I go, I'm going to leave on top as a champion is what I had in my mind. When I broke into wrestling, I told Ivan and Don, I said, I'll be retired out of active wrestling by the time I'm 35. They're like, oh, no, you won't. Like you're saying, like these guys are in their 50s. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Not, sorry, not me. And, and I said, I'll be done by the time I'm 35. Well, I was, I was a little, about a year and a half ahead of my goal because I was 33 when I made that decision, getting ready to turn 34. But under my own terms, I walked away because in my mind, I thought, I want to I leave people wanting more than wondering when. When's this guy going to quit? And not against the guys who wrestle into their 80s, that just was not Nikita Koloff. 
No, I, I, I have so much respect for that. I, you know, I, I wrestled a guy three weeks ago uh, who's 57 years old, an ECW legend, you know, and, and uh, uh, he was telling me more. He said, I want more. He was saying, let's go to Puerto Rico. And I'm like, you're 57, brother, you know, and it's, that's, the, that's the business, you know. So it's so interesting and so unique that you were able to, and it makes sense, you know, and I, 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 I see it 100%. It's, it's actually like part of, uh, I think when I listen to your podcast too, you have a very strong will. So I think that's part of it as well is, you know, you make a decision, you just go do it. Well, and, and you, and you bring up a valid point. In fact, my buddy Lex Luger, right? We're, I mean, we're the best of friends. We, 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 you know, we, we co-labor in ministry together. We got a camp called man camp where we bring guys in to your point of, of really challenging guys, men to be men, men to be real men. And, uh, and, and so working on that ourselves, but when he first heard, I left because I left right before really kind of the explosion of pay-per-view and right. we're making thousands of dollars to multiple millions of dollars. Right. And so Lex goes, he'll tell the story sometimes when I'm with him, like we might be in a church together or something. He'll go, yeah. He goes, when I heard he left, I go, that guy's an idiot. I and mean, that's literally what it was. To say. That guy's an idiot. What's wrong with that guy? He's walking away from millions of dollars. And I really did. I mean, I, I did. I walked away from mil, mil, multiple millions of dollars. But I'll say that to say this, zero, no regrets. Now, little did he know, or little did I know, and we can maybe touch on this at some point too before we, before we sign off, but little did I know 11 months later after making that decision that I'd find myself at an altar, 17 October 1993, surrendering my life to Jesus and, and setting me on a whole different course and a path that, that brings me to, to, this, to this call tonight. So, you know, and I found this out too. Go back to age 12. I had made a plan in my mind for my life. And retiring by 35 was a part of it. There's a scripture that says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord will direct his steps. And I wasn't living for the Lord back in any of those days. But I can tell you this. I can look and go, that was my introduction when I made that decision that day. It was not long after that I found out that, yeah, I had a plan for my life, but there's a creator of the universe who had a much bigger and better plan than I had. And, oh, my gosh, have the last 27-plus years since making that decision been unbelievable because it's taken me to now 30 different countries and all 50 states, and I preached in 1,200-plus churches and man camps and all podcasts and I'm on with you guys tonight and all kinds of stuff. I never in a million years would have dreamed I'd be doing. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. So, you know, you leave, you leave in 92 and, and you found yourself, you know, literally you said months later surrendering yourself, right. And, and having this complete change. Now, this is probably a question you get a lot, but I have to ask it. Did, did you get the itch? Did you get the itch to turn to turn back ever? Because there was there was all that time, you know, when wrestling hit that peak, not even five, six years later, you know, it, it hit that true peak and it's all everyone's talking about. Um, you know, did, walking did you into Nitro in ninety seven would have been crazy, right? And it's only four yeah. years later. Yeah. Like, you know, five years later. I, I it's a great question. Yeah. It it is a great question. And the, the, the short answer would, would be no, and, and, and here's why. Now, my, my brother kind of, kind of sized it up. He goes, he goes, I get the impression you're strong-willed, and when you make a decision, it's a decision. It's done. Right. It's, but here, here's part of the reason, too. Believe it or not, when I, when I walked away at the end of 92, the beginning of 93, not only did I step away from the ring, but I also didn't watch it every week. Or I, didn't, I didn't watch it. Honestly, at all. I, I've never seen a full, complete episode of any wrestling show since I left wrestling. At, at all. I've seen bits and pieces and clips, and I hear stories and, and all of that. And, and, and if you want to say if there was any kind of an itch, if there was, here's how I satisfy that. I do Legends autograph signings. Uh, I... I make appearances. I was in Augusta, Georgia a couple weeks ago. I'm working with a couple guys that christened as Koloff Dynasty now uh, and to carry on the name, the legacy. Right. And, and and so I was in their corner. Um, the manager for the other team got, got the uh, 
the benefit of, of feeling the wrath of the Russian sickle the other night. Oh my goodness. I love and it. So, huh? No, That's I love perfect. it. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to you afterward. You're coming down to South Florida. I'm going to take, I need to take a Russian sickle, brother. Are you kidding me? Well, so, so here's the deal. So I'm still having fun. I still get to mix it up with the fans. I love meeting the fans out there at all the signings and whether it's at a live wrestling show or just a, or just a signing. I just, I just love the fan, love, love, love the fans. And so I, that probably satisfies any potential itch that might've been there. Yeah. I was going to say, because we did see you pop up uh, right before COVID hit on NWA's uh, the circle squared, right? The, the, yeah. the show where they were bringing the, the guys from the Indies to kind of, to give them their shot with the NWA. And I was like, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it's the key to cool off. Like what, what's going on here? I haven't seen him in forever on a wrestling <laughs> show. And I like, you know, I'm like, what happened? Like you were there and then everything shut down. And I was like, Oh man, like, is he going to be back full time? What is this? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> you know, you know, what was fun about that show? Like for real, it's, it's the studio. The studio is on 14th and Techwood in Atlanta. Well, TBS, where we used to film, was on 10th and Techwood. Mm. So it's only blocks away. Center stage, and, right? Well, I'm, uh, yeah. So I'm driving, in, I'm driving it down to Techwood. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this brings back so many memories, right? <laughs> then when I walked into the studio, I, I was like a mark in the studio. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this brings back so – I mean, I was snapping pictures, and it was – right, I was – I was a fanboy, right? And just having fun in the studio because it brought back so many memories from those days at 10th and Techwood when we were when we were sh- shooting all those shows and and I just had a black Corgan was cool and it was old school stuff because they're like, hey, you can, here's when you got an interview. They didn't say what to say or how long to go or not go. They just said, here's your time. Go, you know, go do what you do best. And, and like fantastic. old, yeah, like old school, just like the old days. It was. It was a blast. Uh, kudos to him for trying to ramp that thing up. I, I hope he one day can, you know, get that back up and running. But, yeah, that was fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know, uh, I know some of my, my colleagues here have, have some questions. Uh, Ref Amy, I know you had, you had one in particular. Oh, yeah, I'm, I have like 10 more, it. but I'm going to let somebody else. I'm going to let somebody else. <laughs> so, a- Amy, I know, I know you had like a, a specific question that you, had, that you had talked to me about. Go, go ahead with that. Absolutely. So um, a lot of the stories we hear from your era is because kayfabe was king back then. Like you wouldn't see heels and faces uh, working together. Um, you hear stories of fans getting a little too worked up during shows or seeing you on the street. Were there any instances at being the most protected heel in the industry at the time where fans got a little too courageous when they came in contact with you? That's a really polite way of, of <laughs> that question. I just want you to know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because it was a different, it was a Cold War era, right? And I'm like mm-hmm. the epitome of evil, right? I'm like the, you know, the commie Russian. And, mm-hmm. and, and I lived it, right? As some of you know the story. I mean, I lived, I slept, ate, breathed it. I lived it. Again, strong-willed. So, you know, I'm all in. I'm all in. And and so was it. I even had. I forgot about this until a couple of recent interviews. I had even. I'd even ordered a subscription to a magazine called Pravda. Have any of you? Have any of you on the heard of that magazine? No. So Russian propaganda magazine. And I had wow. my house in my my apartment. I figured, you know, the man go. God, gosh, this dude really is Russian. Is Pravda coming to his house? You know, and. and and so the very first altercation I had was at, at the very first Great American Bash against the Nature Boy Ric Flair uh, in 80, 1985. People can go watch it. So you, you'll see it right on there. That, that was the first time a fan got over the barricade, actually in the ring, got his hands on me. And I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it, so I didn't it – it took me a minute to kind of go, who, who – oh, this is a fan. And you'll see roll in they kind of finally figured it out oh this guy's not part of the part of the deal so they get him out but six different times amy six different matches five against rick flair once against magnum ta and kind of his hometown in norfolk virginia i had fans come in after me and and then and there were death threats to the office like mm-hmm. pull off show up in charleston south carolina we're gonna kill him so mm-hmm. yeah back then the fans Fans are pretty serious back then. Oh, yeah. 
that's wow. crazy. You you bring up Magnum TA, and I promised. So cousin Mike is a is a a colleague of ours. He he does a, another show on the on the YouTube channel for us, and uh, and he really is my cousin. And and he and I grew up as wrestling fans together. And he kind of schooled me in all things uh, NWA and WCW as I was growing up. And um, and one thing he he asked me to uh, to make sure that I asked tonight was, you know, Magnum TA was obviously going to be one of the biggest things in wrestling um, prior to his automobile accident. And um, I don't think that there's any real doubt about that, but, but my, my question is, and Mike's question is, do you think that that WCW would have gone on the chase to find star power had that car accident not happened? Right. Because after that car accident happened, they went and they chased Hogan. They went and they chased macho um, and to bring in those names to compete with WWF. And, and I think that the course of history might have changed had, had that not happened. No, the course of history, it's a great question. The course of history would have, would have I think, certainly changed, which, by the way, I'll, let me, I'll get to that question. When you emphasize he really is my cousin, are you implying that Ivan really wasn't my uncle? Is that what you're implying right Listen, there? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to break <laughs> anything, brother. I'm not going to break anything. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I just had to ask. I, I, you, you, you left yourself wide open. Um, I think the, cor- the course of history for sure. I mean, Terry was being groomed to be the next world champion. And, and, and I'll say it this way. There's a pretty good chance. Now, you know, who knows, right? What ifs? Kind of like what if Nikita had wrestled Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania? Who knows? That was my next question, man. You, you killed me. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, what What if Terry had not had that accident? Well, there's a pretty good chance Nikita Koloff would have never been a babyface. Right. Uh, because he and I had, I felt, such great chemistry together for that best of seven series mm-hmm. for the UFL. That's the number one most thing asked of me, the best of seven with Magnum. And, and, and so I could I could have envisioned we would have went back and forth. We could have went back and forth. Not not. I mean, for years, not the whole entire time, but for the World Heavyweight Bell, flag versus flag, cage matches, chain matches, you know, bull rope matches. He and I could have just went on and on and on. And, and it's a, a, a possibility the, the superpowers, baby, y'all, would have never <laughs> understand what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Boy, your your Lex Luger impression was wonderful, and your Dusty is wonderful. How did they give you the Russian accent? You should have been talking, brother. You should have been out there cutting promos. When I heard your Luger impression, I was like, oh, wasted potential. Uh, I know, right? On, I know. Like... <laughs> I love oh, it. Man. Well, well, that's 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 great, Tyler. That that kind of brings me. You, I know you would. Uh, you had asked some questions on that list there, and um, I know you had a specific question about Dusty. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, Mr. Koloff, how was working with Dusty? I mean, how big was his influence? I mean, such a creative guy and had so much charisma. How was it working against him and teaming with him? Creative genius is how how I I would uh, describe Dusty Dusty for for real. I mean, everything from war games to Stark, not Stark, uh, uh, to, to Great American Bash tours and just all, all the things that, that we did together. Yeah, when he first came to the territory, you know, we did this arm wrestling thing and 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 it and it, and it got it, we made it work. I mean, I mean, you know, the big muscle guy gets gets the big guy who's not so muscle, you know, and mm-hmm. it's funny. I think it does. I think him, you know, because he could just roll with the with the interviews, right? Yeah, you know, my belly's a, a little bigger than it should be, baby. My, my hind is a little smaller than it should be, but, but that's not going to stop the son of a plumber. You, you know, anyway. Um, Love it. So, awesome. So to work, to work with him was, uh, or against him, uh, was just great because he's such the consummate professional. And as you said, just creatively, he's just a genius. And so, you know, whether it was uh, any coming up with a finish or anything else, and then the idea of teaming with him and creating the superpowers, and, and I, I just thought that was ingenious. Although he was asked one time, I was told this recently, someone who used to travel with him in the latter part of his life, did, did, how confident was he that the whole thing would turning a Russian babyface would get over? And he goes, none, none of us knew. I mean, it was a roll of a dice. 
but uh, but it but it worked and, and it got over. And so to travel and many times exclusively just him and I up and down the roads traveling and talking just about life, uh, certainly about wrestling was was very. I have such fond memories of that relationship and grew to love the man. And uh, it was just grateful I had the opportunity to get to know the man outside of the wrestling ring. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Excellent. That's so, that's awesome. And uh, someone else I know you were very close to, you mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, Road Warrior Animal. Uh, we got to see uh, you appeared on the, the dark side of the ring and you, you were talking about the Road Animals. Tell us just a little bit, um, tell us a little bit about your, your experience with the, with the Road Warriors. Tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with those guys. Yeah, so really it goes back to, like I was mentioned earlier, recruiting him out of high school to play college football. And and his parents, I guess, you know, they kind of knew my story. I, I grew up without a dad and all of that. And and, and they just embraced me. His mom, uh, Lorna, uh, uh, you know, just uh, I just fell in love with his family, his parents. And, and, and in fact, one, one Christmas, uh, I was over there for a Christmas. You know, he had, of course, he had two brothers, Johnny and, and, and Mark, who also went on to wrestle. Uh, but I had more presents under the tree than the three boys had presents. So they really kind of got mad at mom. They're like, what's up with that? You know, he's, he's not even really your son, you know. So I was like the prodigal son. But um, And then when he got involved in, in wrestling, I can remember, it's still kind of in my college days, but with his mom and dad, I'd go over to their house and watch TBS, you know, uh, on Saturday nights, or we go to a restaurant and watch it, and, and then later to get in the business, and then you know have those the matches against him, whether it was Russian chain matches, uh, which which by the way were were, were brutal. Uh, you, whatever you want to believe about wrestling, believe, but I'm going to tell you those chains were real, and those matches <laughs> were real too. You got in the ring with the Road Warriors, and uh, and, and then to later team with them, you know the the. We had eight-man tags with the superpowers and the road wars against the four horsemen. And of course, that led into the war games. And so just, yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal memories of, of uh, both Joe and Mike and, and, and my time with those guys. That's just awesome. A, just when I think of, um, you know, uh, Jim Crockett in that era, it's just the, the crowd reactions and the fact that, like, the way that and, – and I know that it was Dusty and it was a lot of guys behind the scenes to make this happen, but I feel like that's something that's missing is, uh, man, you were dying to see that that match. You were dying to see the superpowers against the the horsemen. You were dying to see these things. And uh, they would crescendo so so perfectly, you know, and I think that might be something that's missing with every single week on television and nobody is, you know – you had, like, if, if you watch even uh, – uh, Midnight Express come out in the in the late 80s it's insane so you know I think that is part of what's probably missing in wrestling today and uh you know a good reason why it was smart for you to get out so early I guess because you you live the best time in my opinion of professional wrestling in the history of professional wrestling in my well you you and you and 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 hundreds and I guess even thousands of fans that I have met that have sh- shared that very same uh, perspective to me that they call they they phrase it to be the golden era of wrestling the 100%. golden era I feel super fortunate to be a part of that era of wrestling and back to my point about creative control I think when people go back and watch those old films and and you see the fan reaction even if it's me describing someone coming over the rail after me like for real because um, we we pulled our goal was to pull the fan into the story it wasn't for some writer to write a story and me go out and perform a story you know if I have creative control and I'm in the match and I don't feel the match is going a certain way and I change directions because I want to pull that fan more into the story we had the ability to do that and so now as a fan essentially you 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 just sit back and you, you watch what you watch and you, re- you react to what you react if there's time to react because they do so much in, in short periods of time where, where our philosophy in those old day, the old days was get the most out of the least. Don't try to do a million things in three minutes. You know, just time to tell a story in the ring and draw the fan in. And I think that's why you saw the fan reaction you did back then versus how you react to it. Yeah, that's oh, 
thank you. I'm not. <laughs> no, it's thank it's a hundred percent. I've I like, I've uh, uh, you know, I, in, I've worked limited with limited you know veterans and stuff in the ring, and that's exactly the point when you're you know, let's say you're going into a shine or anything like that, and the crowd is not feeling it, and those are the guys will tell you, hey, let's change it up, and they'll change it, and you have to learn how to work, and that's what's crazy is uh, you know, we have thirty thirty guys you know in their early twenties training every day, and that's the point to that's the point to get across it's difficult now because uh, everybody sees on television he's going to do 10 flips then uh, he's going to feed to the outside and then he's going to go a tope over the top and everybody and it's like right wrestling. so that's i think you, you hit the, you hit it right on the head i i you explained it perfectly no i i appreciate it that tour across canada and go hey would you watch my and I was very honored, you know, that they would ask, like, for real. And I go, well, I, I can, but the way you guys work nowadays, I, I, you know, I'm old school. So I don't know if even what I tell you, you're even going to want to go out and do. Well, to their credit, some of them did, actually. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they go, wow, that really worked. I'm like, since, you know, it worked for a case. So anyway. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, I uh... – and I, but but to your point, it's coming. Yeah. I think it's coming back. I hope so. uh, Nikita, um, I think it's coming back. We had uh, Rudy Boy Gonzalez uh, from Texas come in, uh, and he was training with us, and he was training at the WWE Performance Center, and he's saying they're doing drills now where um, you have three strikes in sixty seconds, and that's how you're gonna you're you're not gonna do ten moves. You're gonna do three things, and so you know, like slow Good. it down. You know, let stuff register. It's coming back, hopefully. Good. Know, uh, to, to mainstream Good. that's great to hear i hope so that's excellent that's excellent ivy i know you had a i know you had a, a question of your own that you wanted to sneak in here and we're i don't want to i don't want to go over time here so let's uh yeah, let's get good. your question in and then and then i want to catch All up right. on what's coming on with uh with nikita i want to know what's coming up next the, the, the cat lady the cat lady <laughs> the, the, cat the cat wants lady. to ask a question too <laughs> well, actually, he and I have combined two questions into one. <laughs> awesome, um, awesome. It's pretty, pretty cliche, um, and I'm sure you've been asked it a million times, but of course, do you have a favorite opponent and a least favorite opponent, and why? Oh, man, okay. Um, it, it is hard to narrow down the, the favorite opponent. Like, like because we already mentioned – you know, Ravishing Rick Rude. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, um, some legendary guys in the Mid-Atlantic, Johnny Wechek Mulligan, Rufus R. Freight Train Jones, of course, Dusty, the Road Warriors, Sting, Lex Luger. And there's so many guys. The list goes on and on. I said the list goes on and on. It does. But so there's so many guys that I had the privilege – to, to enjoyed working with now you know if i had to narrow try to narrow it down i mean right there at the top magnum ta because again we just had such great chemistry i felt and told a great story and and worked so well together certainly my matches with with rick flair uh you know he's one of the consummate professionals as well right he can make a broomstick look good he made the <laughs> pull off look good and so the nature boy was great to work with so there were a number of guys that, that in my mind, that it's hard to just distill it down to, you know, one, one favorite, uh, if that's helpful. Least favorite, um, my last match was against a guy named Van Vader. <laughs> and and Vader, Vader had a reputation for being reckless. And, and, in fact, he, in fact, injured me in my last match. Now, it wasn't career-ending. It's, not, why, it's it, not the reason I left wrestling, but, but uh, I did have surgery on a hernia picking him up. He's a big dude, right, 450, 500 pounds, legit. So I got a hernia that, that last night picking him up, but he also injured my neck, and, and I had MRIs and different things looked at there. And, and, and to his credit, I will say this. I was doing a legend signing at a WrestleMania in Miami several years ago, to his credit, he sought me out, came to me, and he, he said, hey, I've I, I never, I, I just want to 
open face, forgive me that last night. Um, and so there were certain things that he did that I'm like, you know, that whole powerbomb thing, that ain't happening with Nikita Kolov. You can try, <laughs> but I value my body. So find, figure out something else to do. So there were certain things I, I just was not going to subject my body to with guys like, you know, like that who had more of a reckless reputation. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. And it's awesome that, that, you know, years later you guys found that, that ability where he, he came in and, and, you know, kind of asked for forgiveness. And I think that's, that's so, you know, that's a big part of just coming through life, you know, and uh, we, you know, we started off the, the interview talking about your, your podcast, um, you know, the man up podcast. And, and, you know, it's, uh, I think that's a big part of, you know, owning your stuff is a big part of, of just growing. Man up, you know, man up, responsibility and man up. Right. That's right. That's right. So we, we, we've got to own up and, and just take, you know, take what's ours, you know? Um, but you know, along those same lines, tell, tell us what's next for Nikita Koloff, because I, I, I know that, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're going to be in, in some different churches. And uh, I know I want to know said, uh, how I can go to the man camp, how I can send some of my, my <laughs> wrestling students to the man camp. Uh, how do we sign up? S- send us the link. Cause we're going to put it in the description because uh, we have 30, 35 students, 31 guys. And then like four girls, I want to send all 31 because they need to man up. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we keep it. We limit it. Uh, okay, okay. Small, but, but we do one in the spring, one in the fall. Um, so, but for, but for real, mancamp.info, that's the website, mancamp.info, I-N-F-O. And, and what Lex, you know, Lex and I got a vision for this thing back in 2015. I had, you know, he lived with me for about 10 months. And that's what birthed the camp. It's what birthed these conferences. I do a solo conference called Man Up Conference. That's what led to the, the, the Man Up podcast. Um, and, and the camp itself, uh, you're, Guys who go on there, if they're 18 years or older, they'll, they'll get information there. They can, if they have questions, they can, they can message me right through the website. Um, but our goal is to send, whether it's young men, old men. I mean, last year we had a, a 73-year-old retired pastor who came to the camp. Awesome. Who, who was just so hungry to grow and to learn. And so our goal is, is really, again, challenge men to, to be men. And so we're going to, no matter how healthy a man is, we want to send him back home for the ladies on the call tonight. Here's why you would consider sending your man to the man camp. Our goal is to send men home better equipped to be godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers, and just all around healthier men. And our tagline is whole men living holy lives who are wholly available unto the Lord to make a difference and an impact for the call that's upon their life, whether it's being a professional wrestler and then using that platform to bring a positive message, uh, that's, that's, that's part of our goal with the camp. And so, you know, we invite any, any and all men to, to come and, and be a part of the camp. And, and, and if you have questions, just, just message me through the website. Of course, we already you know, talked about the podcast. I launched a, a, brand, new, uh, a, brand, a brand new website, uh, more of a personal website called koloff.net. Koloff. Net. All the all of the uh, links will be in the description of the show. So if you're listening to now, just go to the description, click that for sure. Um, uh, continue, because I, I wanted to tell you, uh, I have an 11 month old daughter. I'm in my early 30s, and that was the question I was going to ask you. Like, you know, do you have to be in their early 20s? Do you have to be 18? But you 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 said a 73 year old guy just to come and learn. So it's any age, you know, as long as you want to learn and get better. And we all should want to improve and learn and get better, right? Yes, that's that's the deal. We want to help you be healthier. No matter how healthy you think you are are now, Lex and I will combine our combine our, our years of knowledge and experience. I've got other guys who've come to camp prior who now come back and volunteer, who right. also have a heart for men. And so they're on staff with me now. And 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 so we just combine our efforts to pour into these men to, you know, to send them back back home, you know. So um so yeah, so check that out. I'll mention real quick too. If you go to koloff.net, we've got a brand new store site on there. I've written three books. I'm working on a fourth book. Remember, I said so many things have happened in my life. Like I wasn't looking for that to happen. I was not an English major. I I, <laughs> I could barely write a sentence, and now I've written three books and writing a fourth. Right? Did not like in front of class speaking, and now I talk on world to worldwide audiences. Right? It's crazy. 
wouldn't look for a radio show, wouldn't look for a podcast, or wouldn't look to become a wrestler. I, I never thought in a million years I'd travel the world telling people about Jesus, like for real. I never That, that was never it, it, on my radar, right? But God had a different plan for my life. And so check out, the, there's two books on my store site, one called Wrestling with Success, Developing a Championship Mentality. And that's going to challenge that's going to challenge anyone, men, men, women, anyone. It's going to challenge them. Developing a championship mentality. That, that's very motivational, and, and it will challenge you. And then there's my life story, Nikita, A Tale of the Ring and Redemption. Here's a quick, cool part about that story. William Murdoch, who, who co-labored with me, is a wrestling historian. I, I promise you, if each of you on this call tonight were to read that book, you'd be more fascinated by the of professional wrestling than my own story like for real he goes back takes wrestling back to the 1800s and and, and brings things up modern up to the modern day of wrestling history so so people will love that story i think too and and, and they'll learn more about me absolutely absolutely and i love uh, it yeah i'm so- definitely going to be checking those out i'm gonna check them all out and uh, uh I, i'll i love to message you uh with some of my thoughts too man i'm excited yeah, please do. Any of you, please do. Just, just we don't have to let this be the only time we talk. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say you got to come back. You got to come back soon. This has been a blast. I mean, we can just talk for ten hours about Jim Crockett in the eighties. I'd love to. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, you know, we got some wrestling stuff in tonight, and and, and yeah. I appreciate some of you gals probably have more questions. So I'd be happy to come back sometime and and be able to to, to discuss talk talk wrestling some more for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We got to have you back on. And, uh, you know, we, uh, as we, as we close out the show here, I want to, I want to encourage everyone, uh, you know, go check out the the website. I, I literally just pulled it up on my phone, um, as soon as you said it, because I wanted to go and, and, um, and check out the the book and everything like that. And so, you know, make sure you go, you check everything out. Um, you know, that's certainly a, a very unique perspective. It's certainly something that a lot of people need to hear uh, with, you know, with their lives and, uh, check out the podcast, the man up podcast. You can find it on, uh, on Apple podcasts, on Spotify, on Google, um, you know, iHeartRadio. make sure you guys are looking that up. I cert- you know, you don't even have to look it up by name. You can just type in Koloff and it pops up Great. first thing that shows up there. Um, make sure you guys grab all of that. And, uh, on behalf of our whole cast here, Ted, can I do some plugs real quick? Oh, really? You gotta do 10 seconds. Let me do a couple quick plugs. As if you're listening to this, uh, 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 Saturday, February 6th, Bash at the Brew in Hialeah, Florida. We have an awesome, uh, uh, um, we have an awesome card for you, for you guys, but also anniversary 17, March 20th tickets are on sale. We have super crazy versus, uh, um, El Jefe Santos. We have, uh, the South American Alliance versus the Headbangers. Uh, and then we have Matthew Justice versus Alex Ocean. It's going to be awesome. On the 19th, we're in St. Lucie. Just go to ccwrestlingfl.com. Uh, and there's a bunch of new shows coming up, uh, a live wrestling every Tuesday night on YouTube. Sorry, and you have beefcake Dad. on that too, right? Oh my goodness. Brutus, you the part of beefcake. beefcake. It is a hair versus hair match, March 20th. It's unbelievable. The story is going to be wonderful. Uh, you'll find out what's going on in the next in the next couple of weeks, this next Tuesday. But Brutus the Barber Beefcake at Anniversary 17, and he will be cutting someone's hair completely off. You're going to love it. It's going to be <laughs> hey, fantastic. He, he, won't, he won't be cutting mine just for the rest. <laughs> mine, but uh, hey, I'll, I'll look forward to the invitation for Koloff Dynasty and, and Uncle Nikita. A hundred percent. Uh, consider absolutely. it done. It's the South America. Consider it done. The South American Ooh. Alliance, Ariel Levy, the Chilean superstar, uh, uh, the Brazilian destroyer, Vinicius. We're going at, we're going after you guys and uh, <laughs> ourselves and Bill Alfonso versus uh, 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 the Russians. And of course, Nikita, I love it. If I have to take a sickle, Oh my goodness. It, it's going to be a <laughs> moment of my life. I hate to, I hate to break, uh, I hate to uh, break kayfabe for you, but I'd be the happiest Brazilian <laughs> in the world. If I catch that. Sickle. <laughs> oh man. Well, consider it awesome. done. <laughs> it's been it's been great being with you guys. I I really appreciate the time tonight and and uh and and for the fans out there, thank you. Thank you all, all the fans like for real. Uh and I mean that when I say that uh it's such a pleasure to meet meet fans from all over all over the world. And and follow me on social media too. I'm on I'm on uh, the the Twitter and Instagram, Nikita Koloff with the numeral one behind it and Facebook. If you look for me on Facebook, look for me standing in a river. I'm in a river with the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and another friend, Jason Sanderson. That's the Jordan River in Israel. 
and we were taking turns wow. baptizing each other in the Jordan River, just following the footsteps of Jesus. That's awesome. fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. I will. I know I'll be going to look for that in, in just a in just a few minutes here. Uh, so, my my friends, we've had an absolute blast here with. NWA Hall of Famer Nikita Koloff, uh, a true man of Christ, out there doing doing the work and uh, and telling everybody to, you know, to man up, you know, own your stuff. And uh, so, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure on behalf of everybody on our show and uh, oh, our extended family. Oh, and uh, family. Bill, Bill, I'm so sorry. Oh, so Bill, Bill Alfonso. Oh my goodness, he was going to kill me. Bill Alfonso, he works with me every week. He he, he teaches at the school and he, he works for my promotion. He wanted to say, um, hey, daddy, tell Nikita I love him. Tell him I love him, daddy. I miss him, daddy. That's what he wanted me to say. So I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. didn't do it. You almost you, killed you me. You do a pretty good imitation, too. Well, let, let me just say this. Hey, to all you fans out there, you better do the Rewind podcast or the Russian nightmare will be coming after you. Jetoeta. Ah.